Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 667 of the JV Club, quarantine style. I hope you are all doing well. I hope you're still doing well, even after you had to listen to that very weird voice I just did. I am so excited to welcome you into this episode with Renee Colvert from the delightful and charming podcast, Can I Pet Your Dog? She is, of course, also mother to the very famous tugboat of social media fame. I have been receiving some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful check-ins with many of you, and it has been so lovely to have that contact and hear how everyone's doing um, from far reaches of the world. It's been filling me with so much joy, and uh, I just love feeling connected to a community. So keep them coming if you want. Uh, If not, please continue to enjoy the podcast. Know that I am sending a lot of virtual hugs out there. Uh, definitely COVID-19 free hugs. No worries on that count. Okay, guys, thinking about you. Uh, Enjoy the episode. I really am a saint. I'm just a saint. You, but you are, because I do think, like, on the one hand, like, technical things are frustrating, and people have various different skill sets and knowledge with it, but you were very kind to be like, yes, we together equally are struggling with, with, that was not the case. Uh, You had it figured out the whole time. (laughs) No, but this is the thing. This is the thing. I have so recently been on the other side, not, you know, as pertains to my particular podcast, but I have been the you as as recently as like two days ago because, um, you know, I'm now doing uh, a bunch of VO stuff that I would normally go into a studio to do or whatever as well. And it turns out that the... You know, the, the the needs of, like, an audio engineer for, uh, like, cartoon voiceover um, are different than an audiobook uh, narration. Like, what their expectation of what the sound quality is going to be is different than the podcasting quality. Like, it's, it's every, and everyone's got their own way they like to do things. And so I have had, I think all of us, I just feel like we're all in this place that we're having to sort of figure out stuff that we didn't need to know before (laughs) (laughs) or we just happen not to know before and so I think that you know with with everybody kind of being quarantined it feels like has there ever been a better time to just be super patient with not just other people but with ourselves for going okay well this is going to be a thing I need to figure out and uh there's gonna be a learning curve what? Now, I got to agree with you in theory. In theory, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> we're in a fight. I, this is our I, first fight. <laughs> I can't believe it. I, but I believe in us. I think we're going to over overcome. I just, I think some people are able to practice it better than others uh, in a far less uh, severe scenario than that when it comes to like, text messaging to a pal so you'll send a text and maybe the lag time's a little bit longer than it would be just because people are dealing with various things so the right thing to think there is you know what you get back to me when you get back to me imagine being upset with somebody in this day and age imagine because we're all dealing with it and yeah i tell you what boy boy has the rage gone through the roof i was like what are you doing what could you possibly be doing that you can't answer that text right now which is uh ridiculous so grace is where we should be exactly yeah yeah that's not 
there's that that's that is a weird I was talking I was talking about this one with, with someone before I, I don't remember if it was on a podcast or if it was in real life but um right. also everything's real life uh <laughs> sure. unless I had it unless I did it in a dream um but I but yeah I that's really tricky um because yeah that's exactly what's going on lots of people are um actually busier for whatever reason like people are scram uh, maybe having to scramble more or god help you if you have a kid you know and and you're homeschool like do you know the 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 assumption that anyone is and some people are like some people for sure are sitting around whatever that (laughs) they do isn't they cannot do from home and so they are like left with their thoughts of oh my god when am I going to get to go back to work and that person could understandably assume that when they text someone else that that other person also would be like oh thank god you texted me um I'm going out of my mind this is hard this is crazy or you know I'm bored or whatever right but then you know everybody's everybody's level of and also just like you know some it's it's okay if you need to just not respond to anything for an hour or a day or whatever this is we're going through something extraordinary and already if you're a person who doesn't like to feel tied to your technology right um you know this is this is a time where it's understandable if someone's like i needed to not be near my phone for three hours because i was obsessively looking at the news Mm -hmm. or whatever you know couldn't agree more and need to be very clear about the double standard that so many texts have come in that i was like oh baby i can't right now that's right. too much work to respond right and so i guess just going back to like in theory grace compassion love is the only way we should operate but i'm finding it very curious to look at myself and be like well i'm doing that 80 percent of the time and the other 20 percent <laughs> of the time i'm just being a maniac over here for no good reason but you do but it is i don't know why now the fight is i'm going to have to win this and and the and the and the person who's going to have to win is the person who is arguing in your favor as a good person so this is fun for me because like i wear the white hat in the situation because like i'm not like letting this. you get away with shitting on yourself Fair. but also this is inc- this is extraordinarily stressful and it and yeah. it doesn't feel like it should be for many of us because in your mind it's like well yeah my job at this moment is being on the phone with someone I like very much and I am, happen to be sitting on my couch and I happen to still be in my pajamas and I happen to have like a big blanket around me so yeah. why would I be stressed about anything like what if how cush but right. at the same time, right. you know, I know that if I look at my phone, I will be uh, damaged for hours because I uh-huh. will invariably see something that totally breaks my heart. Yeah. So, you know, that's stressful. Knowing that it's right there, you know, is and that of course you could always do that. There's always something horrible going on in the world. But let's of be course. fair to yeah. ourselves. It's different when it's every it's all around you and the whole world. It's not just right. somewhere far right. away. It's somewhere far away and somewhere up close. And so I think just, yeah, just actively avoiding stress is as exhausting as, you know, it's not as exhausting as processing the stress, but like, it's not like we're all able to just go. And then I just pretended for a day that this was just like a fun vacation. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, guess what? You're, you're having to work really hard to tell yourself that that's also work because it isn't. Uh. You know, you so for you, you being you being snipey, I know you yeah. being snipey is also like, yeah, if that feels unrecognizable to you on some level or even if it doesn't and you just know that's how I am when I get stressed, that's right. all OK because it all makes sense. Yes. 
God, it's so true. It's it is a curious thing that none of this has really brought up anything new for me. It's all mm-hmm. just all the things that I was able to, you know, sort of push down because I had to go to work or I had to tend to this or I had to run that errand. Uh, we're all things that were sort of like hovering in the background, but like finding peace and zen and calming myself down has not, this is not a new thing that I need to yeah. be working on. It's yeah. just now it's right in front of my face because I got time to deal with it. I mean, <laughs> they're going to be <laughs> writing about this time period forever. Yeah. There will be so many, I mean, ideally, there will be like positive studies that come out of this that show, you know, well, gosh, we were all able to somehow, you know, look, was this, could we sustain this for, could the economy sustain this? Of course not long term, but have we learned that X, Y, and Z could be done to help carbon emissions or, you know, all of these sort of things. Is it okay for a mom to be on maternity leave and work from home and be very effective and Mm -hmm. be working, you know, 20 hours a week? And and no one doubts whether or not she's able to put that time in. Like, there's going to be so much stuff like that. And I I mean, please, like, sociologists, psychologists, people are going to be having a field day with this time period forever because yes. it's such a human experiment. It really is to the point where I'm I'm sure some people have been able to kind of wrap their head around it, but I'm not there yet. Right now, it's yeah. it's just a, a curious wonder of what will this look like. The furthest I've gotten is uh, movies down the road. If we do just sort of an establishing shot of people with masks on, you'll know that took place in 2020. That's oh that's when yeah. this movie takes place. And we won't have to talk about it much more than that of, oh, sure, sure, sure. I, I know when this movie is uh, being. <laughs> um, first of all, I guess it, let's assume that you've taken on the now everyone has to wear masks all the time outside. Um, yes. If we're, if we're walking our dogs, for example, um, assuming you've adopted that, uh, how how much are you seeing people following that versus not following that? In terms of this curve of like people kind of coming around to each new step of security or each new step of, of you know, protection. Right. Um, you know, I, I feel that my little neighborhood is doing a good job of pertaining to it. Nice. A lot of people have um, kind of gone with the, uh, <laughs> I call them turtle furs, but I think there's probably a better name for it. It's like a, a turtleneck of a shirt, but that's the only part of it uh, that I would use for skiing. So yes, you just kind of, yes. you can pull it up. Yes. And you call um, it what? Turtle fur? A, a turtle fur. I don't think that's I like what that. they're called. I like that. <laughs> if, I hope that's what they're called. You're probably right. Yeah. Um, and that's currently what uh, what I'm using to just uh, just put it up there. And it weirdly is creating happy nostalgia for me because I'm like, oh, we're just going skiing. That's it. We're just uh, enjoying Very a bit nice. of a snow day over here. Um, but yeah, I think the worst that I've seen is uh, pull up your mask when people get close. But for the for the most part, I think at least in this little neighborhood, everybody's doing a good job of adhering to the rules. Nice. How about for you? What's it looking like in your neck of the woods? Well, for one thing, um, I don't know if you ever ever go up to Griffith Park, but uh, but I live right near there, and so that's a, a common place that we go to hike or to take the dogs or ride right. bikes or whatever. And it's been very interesting to see and to kind of absorb the frustration and try to again have that kind of compassion for no one has a plan for any of this no one knows what's effective no one knows how to prevent whatever um but like the fact that what i'm struggling with and i totally understand that it, it it that the impetus for you know the government is the local government is like how many people like how much can we police a large area um, versus like if we just kind of make it simple and just close everything, 
then that feels like there's less chance of X, Y, and Z happening. So I get it. There are miles and miles of trails in Griffith Park. It is like the largest municipal park. Like it, it exceeds Central Park in terms of like a city park that's not, you know, a state park um, mm-hmm. in terms of its size. Uh, and it is massive. And they have closed all of those trails, but they have left certain picnicking areas open, certain like quote unquote wide open spaces. Um, but, but all of the, but that's the, you know, the majority of it is closed and then they allow people to walk. They've closed the road going up to the observatory, the roads going up, basically all the roads for, to traffic in it within the perimeter of the park. And you can now walk on the road and on the road only there's like caution tape keeping you off of any of the paths. Uh, so there's this weird, so also all the people that would have been in the park regularly, just in the, just hiking on a path, never encountering anyone else, are yeah, now right. all on this weird <laughs> zombie pilgrimage. Sort of, Dude, right. it is so weird. Uh, it's like these yeah. people just sort of walking with masks on, walking up a hill. It's the most apocalyptic. It's actually, like, it's funny, but it's also like kind of depressing. Um, right. All And yeah. they're all close to each other. I mean, yes, they're six feet apart. But Mm -hmm. there's just they're all they're all close to each other in the sense of like where you might be 20 feet apart from someone who's up the trail from you. Now you're the maximum or the minimum amount of distance away from each other because you're all being told like cattle. This is where you get to walk. So it's those kinds of moments where you kind of go like, I wish that there were another way because this feels like it's not helping especially when you see that that's the result of it because they definitely because they're just going to close down those roads do you know what i mean like what they'll do is they'll look at that and go wait a minute these people are too close together and then we have no access to the park which by the way is great for the animals so i I appreciate that and i respect that and like go for it have some fun p22 but um (laughs) guns that's the mountain lion that lives in griffith park um uh but you know um it just again it's like uh, i just don't it's hard it's hard yeah, i wouldn't want to be the one making the decisions i don't think but same i i kind of feel the same way about um you know our governors as i do about being a parent of like how do you decide because when the privileges are abused probably right. makes sense we got to take away that privilege but at the right. same time did that help or did that hurt right. uh because you know uh we've learned that shame doesn't produce the result that we want right. but at the same time uh trusting you didn't work either so <laughs> yeah i right. don't know i i know i don't like it yeah uh, but i also don't have a better solution for it yeah i know it's well tough. we're all yeah. learning doing we're okay how are you learning. today like in this in this hour how's mm-hmm. how's it been for you uh today i'm good uh i i have had some trouble sleeping the last couple of nights um and so i did not like i woke up at 6 30 and i was like yep nope i'm definitely awake even though i went to bed at you know 12 30 or whatever 
And um, I'm sure someone, people out there are like, six hours is great. That's definitely not true for me. <laughs> no, um, no. And so is that not true for you either? <laughs> no, it is. I uh, I recently was gifted a Fitbit and I was like, well, why not? We'll go ahead and put that on and that will sort sure. of uh, watch your sleep patterns for you. Yeah. And I was like, no, I, I sleep plenty. I sure don't. Uh, I would say between six and seven is where I land. Now, I let this dog of mine uh, sleep in the bed. So I feel like that has a lot to do with it because he's like, <laughs> well, I'm up. Uh, so. Right. Uh, it'd be curious to see what, what my patterns would be without a dog who decides 6.30 is the time to get up. Sure. But yeah, I think I'm a six to seven hour sleeper. What's do norm for you? Do you feel fatigued though? Or do you just kind of feel normal? Oh yeah, all the time. Very sleepy. <laughs> yeah. No, I should sleep more, Janet. I'm very tired and cranky. We covered this. <laughs> yeah i don't i think i'm i get too emotionally fraught when i when yeah. i if i have if i'm repeatedly fatigued i think i mean basically what we're getting at is like i'm a child <laughs> i'm a child who doesn't no. take naps so i'm the worst kind of child um uh, you're right, who right. is like emotionally <laughs> fragile and thinks everyone's trying to hurt her feelings when she doesn't have sure. enough sleep so yeah. you know and these are all this, these are the times when you know we're supposed to like you know, obviously be, being exercising as much self-care as possible. So um, right. I'm hoping that 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 this is not a, a long term trend. Um, but if you're sleeping, if you're sleeping well enough, but for being awakened by your dog, that might be different than like tossing and turning or, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just in general, I'm a uh, I've never stress has never manifested itself in sleep for me. Uh, yeah, I think I would even that's where I go to escape. I'm just mm -hmm. like, yeah, you know what? I'll just, uh, I'm just gonna not deal with this by sleeping. Right. So, uh, I don't, I don't think that that's where the stress is coming up. I think it's the dog thing. But I yeah. definitely agree that uh, eight hours is is where it should be for yeah. everybody. Seven, so I mean, it's even seven. Sometimes I feel like I wake up naturally at seven, seven and a half, and and I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, I woke up with the. Um, were you a kid who could stand like morning classes and stuff? Like, were you, because no. I say that as a person who I look back on how I behaved about having to get up for school in the morning, especially high school. And I just, right. I, I'm, I shudder to think. Yeah. Same. I have never, it's odd that have never, ever been a morning person. I do much better in the evening. And yet I feel guilt and shame if I sleep in now as an adult so in high school i always did have morning classes i feel like it was yeah, we were usually up by 6 30 or 7 uh but never pleasantly always right. always a nightmare always right. <laughs> okay we're gonna take a break i will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at maximum fun Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man. Sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talk about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. There are times when I feel like I would have had a better relationship with school across the board if my classes just started at nine, you know? Right. 
Because, um, yeah, and now, God, thinking back on high school, did, was that an option? Could you have done a scoot? Or? I mean, no way, no way. Yeah. Although we did yeah. go into this modular schedule on Tuesdays and Thursdays where I think we rotated out, like, there was some kind of thing where you would have three, instead of your six periods, you would have three periods for longer. Right. Um. And then maybe, so yeah, maybe Tuesday you would have like your your first, third, and fifth period only for an hour and a half, an hour 45 or something. And then the, and then on Thursday, maybe you would have two, four, and six. Um, okay. And that yeah. did, and then I think I that, that did start later. And, and I do feel like I felt like I was, I was settling into some, like on those days I was like, I can do this. Right. Yes. Did you have that? Yeah. Did you have a modular schedule like that? We, You know, we had module in junior high. And in high school, we had our regular, like, 45-minute classes, seven periods. And then a Seven periods? Se- yeah. A good okay. a good amount. Of, where do you, where'd uh, you grow up? At Colorado Springs, which oh, is, like, okay. an hour south of Denver. Yeah. Are you, from, are you a Colorado person? I, I do. Yeah. I, I've, I've, been, uh, I've been all through Colorado. My dad, uh, we won't go into this because this is your time, but my dad writes books about ghost towns and, and mining camps and stuff. So he has a oh, book cool. called Colorado's Best Ghost Towns. And I yep. went with him for much of that research. So I know yeah. all, like, a lot of the little mining towns and stuff. So yeah, I've definitely oh, been man. to Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to get that book because I, growing up, I absolutely hated it couldn't get out of there fast enough yeah. what what a pitiful small town we were and then obviously once I once I got myself to a coast now going back it feels like a sanctuary and it's so great and I love it so much and all the things that I couldn't be bothered to learn in high school I'm now like well I should go back and learn that again I know uh, but I vaguely remember ghost towns and thinking oh well I guess that's kind of cool but it couldn't be bothered to uh, to learn or retain any of it yeah, I mean, I'm sure I, I it's not it's not something I would have sought out. I'm sure um, I just I loved my dad and like we had a great relationship. So going on road trips yeah. with him, you know, sort of it's all wrapped up in like positive road trip memories. So right. of course I have this like real fondness and interest in it. But again, it's you know if it had been a parent that I didn't I thought was like you know if it was something where I was having issues with my dad, I'm sure I would think um, ghost towns were dumb. You know, sure. and like, and like, yes, if he had no relationship to them at all, neither would I have had. So, um, right. But yeah, Colorado Springs is um, not to be confused with like. Is is that that is it Colorado City like in Arizona like some of the some of the best Mormon spinoffs with the most sister wives and just the best abuse uh, yes. sarcasm everyone sarcasm everybody everybody um, heard it have, everybody knows yeah, it have yep. been tied to the four corner states and uh, of course I'm from Arizona so uh, I feel like always a slight wincing kinship sometimes with people mm-hmm. who are from smaller towns in some of those areas because I feel like there's a lot of like weird like sects that break off in those areas <laughs> yes y- yes i so i think colorado springs is more uh it's for the beauty we have garden of the gods we have the air force academy and then here's where it gets weird is that we have norad and <gasps> oh yes right and then uh focus on the family so very military very uh religion that will just make your heart hurt right type of thing. Right, right. oh no why why would you do that i have to tell uh, you i'm not sure if i know what focus on the family is you know what's interesting is that i don't either i know enough that uh they're uh, obviously uh anti-abortion and 
uh, a few other like real religious thing. Uh, uh, don't love anyone who isn't, uh, you know, uh, heterosexual. And okay. uh, I think those were the two things I needed to hear. Be like, oh, you're, you're horrible. You're yeah. quite bad. Right. I simply don't need to know anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, are so influential that they, uh, you know, occasionally get laws passed that are harmful. Mm, yeah. So it's uh, a bit a bit rough there. Yeah. Well, do you have siblings? I do. Yes. I have a younger brother uh, by five years. And he, what's nice is that my entire family is still in Colorado Springs. So my mom and dad are still there. Uh, my brother went to school in San Diego, but moved back to Colorado Springs. So now for the holidays, it's just a one-stop shop. I get to see everybody all at once. Yeah, no doubt. Is it pleasant yeah. in the in the Christmas time? That seems like I've I, people go like I would love going to Colorado for Christmas if you can. Yes, if you can get yeah. past the snow like drifts uh, and yeah. <laughs> weirdly, that's my beef with it is that it often doesn't snow when I go home. And I was like, what, what are we doing? I I order yeah, guys. Come I on, need it. Come on. Um, but yeah, no, it's really it's nice. I don't have an affinity for Colorado Springs specifically, but I do love mountain towns and Colorado. So yeah. my family's really good about, uh, just because Colorado Springs, they don't have a, a ton to offer, but they're good about letting me, you know, if I go home in the summer, we get to go camping, or if we're home at winter, then we'll, we'll do some sort of snow activity where there is snow. Right. So it's nice. Yeah. You, and your parents all, you, they stay together, so they... Yeah, yeah. Still, everybody, everybody's still together. Everyone in my family, including me, got married at 19. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And with the exception of me, is still together. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I know. Do you feel like you were, was, when you did it, was there a sense now looking back that there was sort of this expectation of like, well, that's when successful marriages start. So why shouldn't I, why wouldn't I get married? Certainly. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, what was interesting is the sort of the dichotomy of every part of my being. Uh, obviously, he was incredible, but we were high school sweethearts. Uh, so so who's to say who you should be with? But every part of me was just like, no, 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 no. What, what have we done? But because that was sort of the norm, I was like, ah, just because every part of me says no doesn't mean that's an indication why I shouldn't go through with this. Mm. And it, it, it turns out it was. <laughs> <laughs> How quickly did you figure that out? How quickly did you go, okay, I should have, you know, not should have, because you do what you do. You, we, sure. You know, but. Um, yeah, we were together for five years total. So for about three years of actual marriage. Uh, so, and it, it was interesting that during the proposal, I was like, I, I can't, I'll tell him no tomorrow. And then that was just kind of the, the lingering thing up until we got married and I was like well you know what this isn't that bad but then our courses kind of strayed in different directions and ultimately we were like oh this is this is kind of a bad idea <laughs> but yeah but yeah <laughs> uh that was a long answer to five years it took five years for us to be like what are, what are we doing that's really something I mean that that yeah, that, yeah it's uh I guess it's good that you guys didn't have kids. I mean, it's good, again, yeah. what's good and what's bad, but. Yeah, well, and then there's also the thing of, like, I've never, ever wanted kids, ever. Yeah. And so I think, you know, like, now I would know if I were to get in a relationship, that would be, like, one of the first things you kind of gab about. Right. And, but then it was just sort of this weird, naive thing that you think when you're 18, you're like, hey, hey it'll work it out. I'll change my mind. He'll change his mind. Something, something will change. Sure. Uh, instead well, of just and, being but like, by, in fairness, that could have happened because you were so young. You could, you know, 
potentially evolve all, all different kinds of points of view about stuff like that as you as you matured and your brain continued to finish right. becoming <laughs> to you <fully> develop yes <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly uh, um yeah yeah it is uh i guess thank you for that that it it isn't the craziest thing in the world to think oh we'll figure this out down the road but yeah uh, if I were to give advice going forward, I'd be like, if you're if you're very opposing on that particular topic, you may want to do another circle back to see if, <laughs> if this is the thing that you should be doing. For sure, for sure. <laughs> did your parents, were your parents like, uh, did you, was there anybody else in your world who kind of expressed a sense of like, I mean, just, you don't have to, or was, did everyone else seem like 19's good, let's do this, this is great. Yeah, I could tell... In my parents' eyes that they were just like, oh, because I'm the first kid that they have and wasn't thriving at the time because we got engaged between our freshman and sophomore year. And uh, I I wouldn't think that it was wrong for me to be uh, to say that like everyone else when you're 19 was going through a bit of an eating situation. And uh so I think everybody could observe how much weight I gained that freshman year, but nobody yeah. was really talking about it. So it was just sort of this undercurrent thing. And I was also being a monster to uh, to my entire family just because I wasn't properly processing the things that I was dealing with. Right. So uh, there was sort of an undercurrent of, okay, but but the sort of the, the thing that you should do is to celebrate it. So... As far as words are concerned, everybody was happy and was saying congratulations. But I think the feeling was just like, I don't know if this is the best move for everyone right now. Yeah. It's amazing what we all can just, I mean, it's such a microscopic version of something horrible, like, you know, things that everybody, when you sort of just go like, I'll go along with this, you know, on a grand scale. Um, When whole countries do that with things, but like, it really is kind of amazing this weird (laughs) social compacts that we make for better or for worse where it is like well I wasn't gonna say anything I mean it was your decision I felt like I needed it you know it's like this sort of how did we all know well okay we guess we all just sort of went we we went ahead with this you know yeah and I think it is a weird sense of doubt that everybody feels of just like well, I think this is wrong, but I don't trust myself and know that it is. So I'll just say yes because I don't want to be wrong down the road. Right. Type of a, a protection thing. And weirdly, within even within families, I think there is still a politeness that is yeah. there. Because if I bring this up, then, then that's just going to be a whole thing that we're going to have to discuss. So it's just easier to to be polite. Right. Right. Uh, did you? Were you a good student? Or were you just too focused on being, no, like being a girlfriend? I'm totally kidding. Uh, (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Focus on the family. Focus on the family. Um, (laughs) How was your school? Was it, uh, you said you you couldn't wait to get out of there. So was there a sense of like, um, you know, I'm getting as as good as I can get here, but it's not enough? Or at that point with something like school, uh, your education, did it feel like "This this is okay, this is good? Um, yeah, I don't know the first one. I was, I'm sure like every single guest you've had on was a huge musical theater kid. But I, uh, weirdly, my uh, grandpa died when I was 10. I didn't cry at all when that happened. And right around that time, I dived into musical theater in a way that was 
obsessive to the point of oh you love that because that's a place where you get to express emotion in Mm -hmm. that like extreme scenario uh you get to scream and cry and it's fine because it's art uh was was sort of I the love way that like that. I would say the majority of things when I think of when I think of musical theater are not screaming and crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. <laughs> You're like it's we did a production point. of Mary Poppins. Of course, I was able right? to scream and cry. <laughs> very lovely, very lovely. Yes, but in fairness, I'm, yeah, something like Les Mis or some of the that sort of like more emotionally. Uh, right. expressive and like heartbreaking and tragedy and all of that kind of stuff too but yes exactly so uh rent was the big thing when i was oh, in high school well, and that'll go. that's gonna toss you some extreme emotions so i think <laughs> diving sure. into that uh was really kind of i didn't obviously didn't know it at the time what but was therapeutic uh with with all these feelings that i hadn't properly processed so yeah. obsessed 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 with musical theater we don't have a picture of me in high school not wearing a musical theater shirt when Amazing. i asked my she's like every single hey, there's every single one you, you're wearing something um so obsessed with theater up until my senior year and then my senior year i started to get a little rebellious and just was like well, what if i didn't go to class what if i what if I just didn't? And I mastered my mom's handwriting. So I would mm. uh, write write a, uh, a little, please excuse Renee, as she doesn't want to come in, uh, note. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and so I w- good up until senior year. And then my second semester of senior year, I got real rebellious. Do you feel like you had kind of banked enough goodwill that you were able to get away with it in a way that you wouldn't have if you had been like that longer? Yeah, I think so. I think it was a combination of I had this weird eating thing was kind of, you know, incorporating my entire personality that I wasn't properly hmm. dealing with anything. So and an eating disorder will make you nuts. Um, so I think that that was kind of compromising my behavior. And then I had already gotten into college. So in my mind, I was like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Sure. You already said I could go. It's fine. Sure. What? Uh, well, let's. Do you mind diving into the eating thing uh, a little bit no, more? No, not at all. And it's now, even in this like quarantine thing, I've dealt with it for so long that when it comes up, I'm just going like, oh, all right, that's that's just kind of who I am. But it's a mm-hmm. sort of a, a binge purge type yeah. of a thing. But at the time, because I was a dancer, it felt insane and crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing with that is that you're not going to be able to uh maintain weight it's just gonna jump all over the place so right. i think it was the the chasing of that 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 kind of made me crazy yeah it's I, I i mean we don't have to like unpack the the differences from one type of like eating disorder the way those things express themselves than others but i think yo-yoing weight is feels so like uh, listen uh, and first of all I've I've never had like a full-blown eating disorder that I would characterize as a full-blown eating disorder although gosh I've flirted with it most you know most of my adult life Um, I don't know any woman who hasn't yeah I think everybody has varying we come we come from a yeah we come from a weird place where it's it's in front of us all the time and it and it feels good and it's you know and then it's and then it's also something that we're you know, then you look around uh, at anything in pop culture and you're like, wait, I can't, I don't know if I can, 
I don't know if I can watch that commercial for McDonald's and then also look like the girl who's in the show (laughs) that I'm now watching after the commercial for McDonald's. Um, Yes, exactly. Which also, like, not to say that it's all surface and it's always about just that, but that's a damn good way for it to manifest itself when you are uh, a a female, perhaps of a certain age, perhaps not, um, and of a certain, like, socioeconomic class, perhaps not, but... Um, the, but going back to what I was saying, like anorexia is very specific. It is very, very dangerous. Um, they're all dangerous. Of course, they all are, you know, punishing of, of yourself in ways that are sort of heartbreaking. And when you're on the outside, you're like, how, how do I, what do I do to help you? How can I don't do that? Like there, it's so, you know, there's, it's one of those things that, that I think causes people that care about you to kind of go, I don't, I don't, what, what do I do? Like, what do I do? Yes. Help me help you. Um, But with anorexia, it's like, I just want to get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Right. If you're you're binging and purging, if you're yo-yoing, that is so terrifying on a different level because if control is an important part of an eating disorder, the idea that um, you're seeing those wild shifts only makes you feel like crazier. It only makes you feel more afraid and to struggle harder to gain that control that you systematically are also giving away by having the disorder. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yes, that uh, actually better because, you know, of course, you've gone through a ton of therapy and read a bunch on it and tried to do a bit of self-healing. And that's the best explanation I've heard of it. And it all stems from this death that I didn't deal with when I was 10. And then that gripping control of like, well, maybe I'll do this and then you know, the the delicate balance of if you're addicted to something, if it's alcohol or it's drugs, then you can eliminate it completely. You can't do that with food. So then it's navigating how how to do that. And with a family who definitely cares and wants to be there, but they can only help as much as, you know, they themselves have allowed themselves to deal with anything that isn't pleasant. Mm. Because, you know, my parents' generation is definitely like we we thrive and we're strong and we you know pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and only recently has this like be vulnerable and share what you're going through uh has kind of been the norm so it was it was tough and everybody definitely did as much as they could given what they had at the time right to try to help and and get it fixed but i didn't want to talk about it so it was it was it was tough for everybody that it was this thing going on that i refused to talk about well, yeah, and it's it's so it's so personal, and um, I mean, yeah, and and part of that is again, it's like um, it, part of it is having that secret, right, and having right. that thing yeah. that's like the center of your life, because you know it, it helps you not think about other things or whatever. Um, right. The, the, I don't mean whatever, like dismissively. Like there could be any number of things that that <laughs> that allows you to sort of push away and not make the center and not make a thing that you have to you know deal with. Um, but it's so it's so in, it's part of it is having that secret and part of it is you know that being something that you're going through alone and that helps isolate you as you continue to sort of punish yourself on some level. And so the idea that like trotting it out there is going to feel like when you're still in it, the idea that talking about it is going to help at all feels like, what? No, this is no, certainly not. No, this is very personal. (laughs) I need to just deal with this on my own. Like I've been doing and I've been doing great. 
And I've got it all under control. You know? Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> I got this, you guys. It's fine. Yeah. I totally have this. Yes, exactly. That's it verbatim of what yeah. it was. Um, but yeah, the, to go back to the question that uh, for the most part, I was a very good student. And then it sort of started to, you know, um, unravel at the seams just my senior year. Right. And that I was uh, very, very uh, good and then got tired of being good. Right. Right. Yeah. How much That's how all. much did your uh, your soon to be husband know about all of this? Like, were you with him enough that that was something that you had to sort of actively work to keep him from being a part of and dealing with? Certainly. Um, a lot and as helpful as any 16 year old boy can't be about something like that. Like, just <laughs> that's a kind. <laughs> right, exactly. But, but then, you know, uh, meeting it with, well, I think you look good. And that makes sense if you're 16 years old and you're sure, a boy. That, sure. that is the comfort with which you, you know that you can. Um, deliver so I think I think that like I would open up a little bit the comfort would be met with I think I think you're I think you're good and then I was just like okay well that didn't quite get us anywhere so then you, you close it back up again sure sure what yeah. were uh so what were some of the other you mentioned rent um were there other seminal musicals that you were able to kind of th- hurl yourself into in high school oh certainly the more dramatic the better I loved mm-hmm. a Les Mis I loved a Miss Saigon I it sounds de- like your school it, was it, actively seeking out those musicals too because you know some schools sure. really do stick to like just the sort of upbeat the more well, sort of traditionally thought about that those are just as traditional so I don't know what I mean but yes and to be fair they did those are the ones that I personally were just like let's just have this on repeat um but our our <laughs> show we did uh we did West Side Story Your Good Man Charlie Brown Will Rogers Follies and Guys and Dolls were okay. our our shows that we actually did in high school Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. okay. So yeah, so you were, you were, you yourself were passionately uh, listening to those the other ones on right. on, a, on a massive repeat. Did you right. ever like get to go see productions of the official productions of those? Um, yeah, do they come through town and stuff? We did, yeah. Uh, so I would go to as many shows as I could that would go to town, and then our um, family, my dad occasionally would have a business trip in new york so he'd take us with him so we could go see uh shows in new york which was oh, nice. incredible yeah um i think i got to do that my junior and senior year which was amazing yeah. and and definitely it didn't curb the the thought of oh i'd like to do this just sure. made it so much worse were you doing uh you mentioned dance were you doing like ballet or modern dance stuff in addition to the musical theater yeah 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 so uh jazz tap and ballet and it was kind of the norm for our little town we had two rivaling dance schools so you were part of one of them Mm. and so my little group of friends uh we would go to go to school and then you'd go to dance immediately afterwards right and is it the same, are they the same, is it the same teacher? Is it like, this is a class that teaches these three things? Or is it like, first you do this, and then you kind of move on and you go to this, or? Yeah, so it was, uh, each class was different, each teacher was different. So on a regular day, you would have jazz, and then tap, and then acrobatics, and then pom-pom, and then ballet. So it was, it, and it was a, a good amount of classes. I would say I would have three or four every day. Pom-pom. 
yeah, I just yeah, wanted to hear course. myself say pom pom. Yeah, let's just say, say it again. Just pom pom. That's kind of fun. What, uh, what is pom pom? Does that incorporate more kind of moves that you would see in cheerleading, or is it something yes, I'm not exactly that I'm I can't that's imagine? <laughs> precisely it. It's okay. the um, sort of the the dance element of cheerleading. So there's no no cheering per se, but you get to hold on to those pom poms. And you get to to jump around a little bit with like very basic lifts here and there. Gotcha. And yeah. we're and so jazz, tap, and ballet were sort of the ones that you. Yes, that you, that I, and I loved it. It was I wasn't naturally good at it, but I think that was my first example of ten thousand hours of like, well, if you just keep going, you're right. eventually going to get better at right. all of this. But I loved it so much. I, I never, you know, all the classes I, all the stuff I did like that was never extracurricular. It was all just whatever was offered through school, except for guitar. Yeah. No, that was still offered through school, technically. <laughs> um, I mean, I continued doing it after it was a class for me in school. Right. But, but, uh, but dance was one of those things that I always did as, you know, an elective or as my PE substitute. Um, but nobody ever really got into tap long enough for me to ever really get good at it or, under, you know, just like have enough time to practice it. It always seemed like it was something that was dropped in as a like a by the way, like a couple of classes. They would sure. be like, now we're going to show you some tap moves. And <laughs> I, right. I loved them. And I always felt like wait a minute this is not that easy like i'm not going to know how to do this by the end of you know two classes worth of this yeah let's see if we can get just a little bit more in there now did you did you like dance i did uh i did i think i always i mean maybe this is in retrospect but i do think i always kind of felt like a visitor right. you know even though yeah. i did it like seventh grade eighth grade ninth grade tenth grade possibly just through 10th grade maybe 11th grade but um I never tell people like I never talk I don't think I really talk about it the way I talk about doing theater um right and I I kind of felt like a visitor like I felt like I enjoyed it but it 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 didn't belong to me like it belonged to to most of the other girls in the class if is that you know which you know know that made me a little insecure but makes sense i also think it was a weird personality thing and that i i also didn't quite though i was taking class constantly i didn't quite fit in with the dancers and then theater was kind of like these these are my people that that makes it a little bit easier okay so you know what i mean yeah i get you i get you and then in terms of like other kind of cultural stuff that was going on for you were you a big movie buff were you um you know an avid reader what what other kind of stuff that you did you kind of seek out or was it it's by, by the way also okay if it was like almost entirely musical theater <laughs> yeah. uh it is my most embarrassing thing now like an adult conversation to be like oh what were you into in high school like what was your what was your jam what concerts did you go to right i it it was just musical theater and yeah. i think a tiny bit that was my beef with Colorado Springs is that there was this craving for culture of of art or like movies that weren't mainstream movies and the theater was the only thing that we had so I was just like all right well I'll just double down on on that a bit yeah but it was yeah mostly musical theater um and to the point where it, it does make it difficult uh when I'm trying to have an adult conversation with somebody uh, that I was just like, well, you want you want to talk more about musicals because that's that's what it was. <laughs> You're it's definitely gotten not better since then, but yeah. yeah. 
you're definitely not alone in that. I wasn't sure if when you got a little rebellious and started skipping school, if that also reflected like some sort of cultural shift for you where it was like, right. and then I got into rebellious type stuff. Yes. It, you know, what's interesting is that it dipped just a bit into uh, comedy via the Rosie O'Donnell show, which I got into because, and we should laugh at that. We should make fun of that. It just wasn't what I was expecting. Right. That's all. Um, that, uh, because she would have musicals on her show. Sure. But then it was, at the time, that was my experience with with comedy and I love that so then I would start to like make little jokes in ballet or just not go to school at all or weirdly uh, stole a street sign was the street sign Broadway of course it was but oh, I stole it oh, so oh, that, God, that's amazing. that counts <laughs> wow. uh, yeah what did you do with it I oh I you know I uh, hung it up in my room immediately were your parents like, Just, um, Renee? What? They were so great about it. They were big to shake their head and make sure that it wasn't a a sign in which somebody wouldn't need it. It was off a residential area. And they're like, okay. Uh, but for the most part, they were good about just shaking their head and being like, all right, that's fine. I think knowing that oh, this is as bad as it gets, we're probably okay. Because it wasn't a sign that you stole that was like hospital next exit. Right. (laughs) Or a stop sign at a major intersection. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) When they were like, all right, yeah, no, that's that's fine. Uh, We can can work that. You stole a sign from your own community to represent the sign, the street sign of Broadway in New York. Right. And then promptly took that to college with me just so that everybody would know, uh uh-oh, we're working with a real rebel here. This is, somebody's about to change their identity. Right. And we know because she's stolen a sign that says Broadway. That's right. She's really not one to be messed with. Uh, I agree. It's great because it almost, I mean, again, I'm, 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 I'm leaning towards the softest most vanilla side of musicals which we have established Uh not every musical is by any stretch of the imagination but in the softer cliche like more vanilla version of the musical theater world that is the most rebellious thing that that character does (laughs) the villain (laughs) the villain in the musical steals a sign and everyone's like whoa Right. It's, uh, oh boy, oh my. Um, But yeah, I definitely, if I had to do it over again, I would have loved to try sports or to get into like more of a, you know, student council or anything else that would have sort of broadened my horizons a little bit. But at the time, it just felt so comforting. And I've always had a bit of a like perfectionist, maybe just a dash of OCD personality. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't move on until I had learned everything there was to know. And uh, that took me all four years. You you were very, you you basically had a job while you were (laughs) being a student and your job was to be a historian of all musicals. Right, right. Um, But yeah, it's interesting now that that has uh, taken me. So I I pursued it. I went to school for it and I got as far as off-Broadway. And then when I got to New York, there was a little bit of a identity crisis because Mm. I was met with, I have the natural talent to work my ass off, make enough connections, and maybe get into the chorus of an off-Broadway show. But to hear... 
you know, the vocal pyrotechnics of of the girls who are playing Elphaba on Wicked, I just don't have those chops. Right. I'm good, but as far as singing or dancing at that level, maybe, maybe I could have worked to get there, but right. I, I was just burned out and I was uh, tired. And then I also had this like slap in the face of, because at the time I was doing the exact same show every single night. Uh, and I was coming with the, to terms with the reality of like, oh, I hate this. I hate yeah. doing the exact same thing every single night where you can't stray from it. Yeah. So uh, I my relationship now with musical theater is I'm a little mad at it. I'm a little I'm a little mm-hmm. mad mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, that it was this thing that I so desperately wanted. According to me, I didn't right. fully get there, and and it kind of robbed me of you know learning about other things and the world for the first 25 years of my life. Yeah. Fuck that, if that makes sense. Fuck you, musical theater. Totally kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Hi, I'm Renee Colbert. I'm Alexis Preston. And we're the hosts of the smash hit podcast, Can I Pet Your Dog? Now, Alexis. Yes. We got big news. Uh-oh. Since last we did a promo, our dogs have become famous. World famous. World, like, stars on the Hollywood Walk. Okay. Second big news. Mm-hmm. The reviews are in. Mm-hmm. Take yourself to Apple Podcasts. You know what you're going to hear? We're happy. It's true. We're a delight. A great distraction from the world. I like that part a lot. So if that's what you guys are looking for, mm-hmm. you got to check out our show. But what else can they expect? We've got dog tech, dog news, celebrities with their dogs, all dog things. All the dog things. So if that interests you, well, get yourself on over to Maximum Fun every Tuesday. We're gonna go right into the smash game with our first category. Our yes, first please. category yes, is please. three care three careers you feel you would loathe that we're going Ooh. to give you the opportunity to fall in love with. Chef is the first. <laughs> Chef. School teacher. Great. I think is the second. And then what else do I just hate? <clears throat> um what would be like a numbers thing? What's the job that deals like with numbers? Like an accountant the most? or like you work Let's for the IRS. Yes. Uh, <laughs> right. I like to Work for the IRS. You're an, an auditor. IRS. Ah, <laughs> IRS auditor. This is wonderful. Okay. Uh, now I want you to think of three musicals that have never been done before. This is very off the cuff, I recognize, and I'm okay. asking you, but like imagine three topics for musicals that. Um, would be like somehow satisfying for you on some level to where it would almost give you a different relationship. This is not something you have to do every night or anything like that, but it's like, right. If you, if you, if you create these sort of like, Oh weird. I didn't know there would ever be a musical about that. Three. I love this. Okay. Let's go with what I genuinely, I mean, Oh, we got to call it out dogs. Yes, indeed. About dogs. Of course. Of course. Um, I uh, love greeting cards still. Oh my so god! So probably a musical about greeting oh, cards. Oh, wonderful! And now we're just using visual cues. Let's go for refrigerator magnets. <laughs> what? But like fun ones, not like yeah. dumb, like fun refrigerator magnets. Great, great. <laughs> <laughs> Our next options were books on shelves and I know, framed I was photo. Say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna get really sad if you're like. 
just uh, the chairs at a chair right. <laughs> things you sit in like oh no this is really backfired okay. on me all right really backfired on me you've given me right. you've managed to give me three things that seem still doable as like okay cute and quirky musicals uh so we I'm can excited about that good. um let's do uh three places in the world whether you've been there or not that you would like to we're going to give you to sort of some kind of vacation home Ooh. Okay. I uh, have not been there, but Bora Bora. Great. Um, love a national park, so Yellowstone National Park. Right. And in the world. Somewhere, and I may need your help with the actual city, but mm-hmm. somewhere where I could go on safari in South Africa. Oh, sure. Where would that city be? I mean, I've never been to South Africa, so I'm just going to say the obvious things like Johannesburg, but... Perfect. Um, okay, I'm gonna say. We'll call it that. And then listen, I, I'll I'll travel a bit to get to that safari. Great, <laughs> if we need Great. be. Good. Exactly. exactly. It's gonna be me closer than I am right now. That'll That's be fine. right. It's significantly <laughs> closer. Significantly <Okay>. closer. <laughs> right. Okay. Um. Let's see. I mean, I do- I definitely want to d- incorporate some dog stuff more. Uh, okay. For for all our sakes. For all our sakes. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm thinking. I guess I'm sort of thinking like some sort of activity that you that it doesn't make any kind of real life sense to be able to do with your dog but that in this alternate universe we're creating this sort of magical opportunity where there are three activities as absurd as as you want um right that you would be like you know what yeah I want to I want my buddy with me for that somehow yeah. it works I love this. Um, I love theme parks. So obviously riding roller coasters. Great. If he could just join me on that, that would be great. Um, things to do with my dog that aren't traditional. What could we to do? This goes back to the accountant thing. But if he could tutor me on my taxes. Great. Like if you could just have Absolutely. like boring stuff to have Absolutely. a dog there for to make it a little bit better. Yeah. What else is normally unpleasant, but a dog would make it a bit better? I mean, it's uh, almost anything, anything kind of sterile or clinical, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's something to be said for like, if I had to go like, honestly, like when I was younger, if I had to go get my blood drawn, but there was like a right. puppy there to distract me, why that, that would have been a thousand times better. Like it just would have changed everything. It would yes. have changed everything yes you know <laughs> exactly yes it's so true um well gosh now i want to copy you now i want to take that's not that, copying the, that's yes, two friends uh, talking that's just okay. two friends that's talking just two, ideas. two friends talking and one giving the other the answer which is a dog <laughs> at a dentist office yes please that's what i would like fantastic fantastic okay uh next category let's do Hmm. Let's do three. Oh God, I'll just do the foods. I gotta get into the foods because I haven't. You got I, it. We I haven't eaten. Let's uh, get in there. Uh, somehow I haven't eaten yet, even though I was up at six thirty. Um. Uh. Let's do three foods. Uh. And and by the way, if this is like, I hate to use the word triggering, but uh, but also if it's like, eh, I don't want to like go into the world of food. I that's also. Oh no no like no. Beyond, we absolutely. You know, I just want to respect the... that. Like I don't want to ask a heroin addict like three places you'd like to shoot up, and it is not the same. <laughs> For many sure. points that we've already covered. Right. But, right. 
you know, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yes. No, I, uh, it, to the point where I am just like, oh, right, that was me. When I think back yeah. to high school, I was just like, well, hold on. I'm feeling like this weird thing in my chest. I'm like, oh, right, that eating disorder. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it's such uh, at the back of the back of my mind. So, okay. yes, I love, uh, these are my favorite foods. These are foods that, that you, um, for whatever reason, can't eat. Uh, you, you probably wouldn't eat in perpetuity either because maybe it's harmful to the environment or you have an allergy now oh. or, uh, you know, you, you wish you could sort of binge on it but you know too well how sick you feel afterwards this sort of removes all of that and it just becomes this like fantasy land of like nope you can just there's just no ramifications couldn't couldn't do it okay um these are all going to be very i have a um my uh, friends call it a baby mouth which means just not refined taste at all just if a three-year-old would eat it then maybe renee will like it uh things that i wish i had done better uh, growing up in my formative years uh, done something more than musical theater developed a taste for sushi oh, but wonderful. we are where we are yeah so, um, i baby mouth. will go <laughs> it's a baby mouth that's all that's great uh, um, uh mashed potatoes Obviously. Great. You're not letting. You are um, certainly living up to your warning. Thank you. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, applesauce and mac and cheese. Uh, no. The <laughs> uh, sour patch kids only because to eat in perpetuity, you'll get injured. You're, that Correct. you're going to cut your the top oh of your mouth. Oh my god! It's such a specific feeling. I yeah. haven't had a. I mean, I haven't eaten enough sour patch kids in so long for that to be a thing. But it's right. so visceral like it's just right. like i remember it as if i'm doing it now it's just mm-hmm. very yeah okay sour it's patch just, kids what's your last one sour patch kids and then gosh isn't that funny to be like well gosh what's my favorite food uh i think probably uh ice cream great mm-hmm. beautiful okay let's go with uh three fictitious characters from wherever movies books musical theater um (laughs) but people people who are not technically real uh that you can pull into your reality and have like this great lifelong friendship with Ooh, gosh that's so good um been watching a lot of better call saul so mike Right. from Better Call Saul. Sure. Do I know that actor's name? Uh, Probably. Oh, yes, yes. Unfortunately, right. all you I know can that think guy. of is that his amazing character's actor. name. I know. I've met the man. Right. He's so charming. Crap, sure. Okay. But yeah, we we, we got him. Yeah. We, we know him. Now, listen, I'm really curbing this into, because they need to be fictional characters. Okay, so Mike from Better Call Saul. Um, let's... Because we have to do musical theater, I guess. Alphaba, can she make stuff happen for me? Mm-hmm, she cast mm-hmm. spells. Okay, great. Um, and it's, it's so funny how hard this is once you're uh, once you're put in front oh, of God, it. You're like, I know. Should be it's should the be worst. pretty easy for you. It's the I feel worst. like you could do that. I would say Titus from Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, okay. Work. He seems like fun. I'd like to be pals with him. I know he's not. Uh, it's an actor, but I, I like those guys on my team. No, it's great. Also, yeah, that's that's still still living in the world of fiction to some degree. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Next category. Uh, this is our. Uh, we got to take a foray into romance. So three people from any time period, living or dead, could be again people from fiction. Dogs. I don't care. The sky's the limit. The, there's no. <laughs> n- there's no bad answer. Well, I mean, maybe there might be a oh, couple bad gosh. answers, but I love this so much. Um, okay romance but in a like don't don't worry about it way um obama i love him so much he's so great 
let's see who else Listen, again, Better Call Saul. I don't know the character's name. I don't know the actor's name. But uh, there's, a, there's a character in there who's in the, he's in the cartel and he's trying to protect his dad and he can't get out. That boy is handsome. <laughs> he's very good looking. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not, I haven't watched this last season, so I don't know. If okay. It's like, but it's not like Nacho or anyone, right? It's not. Uh... Okay. Don't Got it. think so. Um, but yeah, a cartel guy? Cartel guy. Could we? I'm going to do it that way. Okay. Yes, cartel guy. Um, and then who else romance-wise could we be looking for? And it, does it need to be, like, obviously it's famous people so that we all can have the same... Oh, I don't mind. Uh, no, if you're, like, uh, this guy who lived down the street from me when I was a kid. Like, okay. I don't... Yeah, go for it. Yeah, there. I've got a, I've got a new neighbor with a dog named Jack. I've not met his name, but Jack's dad is Jack's dad. Real nice. Love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Rip from the headlines, y'all. Right. <laughs> okay, great, great. Um, uh, you know what? I'm going to take that and I'm going to spin it into our final category. I want okay, you to give me perfect. three headlines that would be like on the front page of a news- newspaper about you in this fictional universe that you would like it would be like yes i would want a headline to read this about me having achieved something or having had something happen to me proving something like renee colvert proves that dogs can speak english like anything three headlines from your fictitious future Oh my gosh, I love this so much. Um, well, let's be funny with the first one. Uh, Renee Colvert remembers the name of any actor. <laughs> Just any, any of them would be great. That one, I feel like that would make uh, front page news. Great. Um, uh, Renee Colvert figures out how to text your dog. I feel like that's a thing that I want on a daily basis when I am out and about. Great. Uh, and I just want to text him. I'm on my way home. Great. Um, and then... <laughs> This is a little silly, but also, God, wouldn't it be great? What I would give uh, uh, Renee Colvert consistently confident. Oh. Imagine. What a world. What a world that would be. And I relate. Uh, okay. Pick <laughs> a number between one and seven. Three. Okay. I'm going to calculate this stuff. I found that it's usually easier to sync if we don't both stop and then come back. So either wonderful Julian at Maximum Fun, Hi, We Love You Julian, can edit out uh, any awkward silence that I bring to the table. But it may be that while you are telling people, if they don't already know, if they're not already fans, which most of them probably are, but why don't you uh, tell people where they can find your various and sundry projects if they would like? You got it. So I have a podcast on the aforementioned wonderful network, Maximum Fun. It's called Can I Pet Your Dog? And it's about exactly what you think a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog is about. Uh, For unapologetic dog lovers, uh, we talk about my dog, Tugboat. We talk about my co-host, dog, Crumb. Uh, Her name is Alexis. And it's it's just nice. It's a nice little escape. I wouldn't say that it's the podcast for intellectuals, but it's a a good place to just go and and kind of uh, enjoy, enjoy the world of dogs for a little bit. Uh, and then I also am a panelist for a show called Allison Rosen is your new best friend, which is just a great show that's been around for a really long time. I, I, we uh, do love our Allison Rosen. And she's the best. She's so great. Um, so yeah, check out that show. Even whether I'm on it or I'm not, go check that out. Um, and yeah, that's kind of it on social media. I'm Renee S. Colvert and my dog is more famous 
than I'll ever hope to be. Uh, he is uh, Tugboat the Fluffy Pit on Instagram. So if you want to see his little antics, you can go check out what Tugboat's he up is, to. He is much beloved. It is certainly true. <laughs> um, okay, wonderful. I That timed out absolutely perfectly. I do have your mass future all squared away. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, I am excited. Ooh, yeah, I'm pleased about all of this. Uh, oh, wonderful. First of all, I want to congratulate you on. Uh, well, you know what? I'm just going to start with this one. You've got this. This. Okay. This. You've got this, pal. Uh, it's it's Titus from uh, the from Kimmy Schmidt. Ah, oh, um, come on. So that's just like one kind of fun element of your life as we start to kind of build this this uh, future for you. Terrific. You have. Um, I. I if it seems like I'm trying to figure out what to tell you next, it's because I suddenly realized I couldn't read my own chicken scratch in one particular. Oh, sure, yeah, happens thing. to me daily. Um, yeah, so big deal, big deal, trying to figure that out, Janet. Okay, uh, <laughs> I also want to congratulate you on your vacation home in Johannesburg. Oh, awesome! I'm excited for all the uh, various and and wonderful safaris that you can embark upon, very conveniently, uh, because they're so close by. You are also sure, a fantastic course. chef. Which huh. I think was maybe the thing that it was the first thing you listed is what has got us into the category, and it's a thing that I feel right. like you have the you have the most hope of, like I would enjoy it if I were very skilled. Right. So we're handing exactly. you those skills, and you're fabulous. Um, I feel good. I know it. you actually started a whole uh, ice cream chain in Johannesburg. Everyone Whoa. knows you as the woman who can eat as much ice cream as she wants forever with zero ramifications. I can't think of a Great. better person than a chef with those qualifications <laughs> to have this uh, much adored ice cream. So I can't wait to taste it. Truly a dream. Uh, also, you've just had no issues with any of the stuff that you brought into the world because you are consistently confident, as I read in the <laughs> Johannesburg Daily <laughs> very recently. Um, great work on that. Great Thank work on that. Thank you so much. And it was through your advent. I should say you have a house in Johannesburg, by the way. You did not get in a mansion, apartment, or shack. You got a house. Okay. You know what? That's fair. That's reasonable. Yeah, you know what? Listen, I think it's a, it's the, that's the ideal outcome for me. Uh, you also um, you also uh, brought the, the what really kind of um, you just completely changed. You turned the whole world of dentistry on its ear when it was discovered that having dogs in dentist's office were perfectly it was perfectly hygienic. And Great. that it drastically changed everyone's relationship with going to the dentist. And and because Perfect. that was so sort of earth moving, um, you created this amazing musical about it. So you have this musical about dogs, but the sort of oh, wow. uh, the, 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 the side part that we didn't realize when we were first starting this category is that it's about dogs being at dentist's office, because I feel like that well, would be see. a good addition okay, to yeah. the musical. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> yes. and, you, and you are sharing uh, all of this uh, with the most likely real life outcome of the three people you listed, which is Jack's dad. <laughs> so you this better get dream. you better get introducing. You yeah, better get introduced. Gonna, you better get small talking. I'm gonna go tell him right now. Like, Somebody needs a cup uh, of sugar. Big news. Yeah, uh, it's a big day for you, Mister. Uh, but uh, tell him at a very good distance. Like I would say, ten to twelve feet. Oh sure. Um, yes. Uh, right. You would be like, street, I look even, I look even more life size when I'm a little closer. Um, <laughs> everything yeah. you dream, yeah, everything. Perfect. So, so that is your uh, wonderful mash outcome, Renee. 
thank you over the the moon about every one of those oh i'm glad i'm glad what remains to be said is merely thank you so much for doing the podcast i'm so glad that we were able to make it happen i've been looking forward to it ever since i did your podcast which i did like a year ago when i very first had jasper we had just adopted him and um, yes and it remains one of the best interviews we've ever had i i it feels so stupid to say to somebody who's so good but you are just the greatest at podcasting whether you're hosting or whether you're guesting oh jv's a home run it's uh it's a real real dream to uh have you on a show or to be on your show thank you so much oh, good heavens here i thought you were gonna be like and it sounds like jasper's just as great as he ever was and it turned out to be compliment <laughs> uh to me instead no, jasper is pretty great. and i'm gonna Jasper's rub pretty great. We his love nose in it that little <laughs> jerk oh <laughs> How I always hesitate because whenever I post stuff of him, I always think to myself, like, am I, am I, like, does anyone care about this? Like, d- is it as funny as yeah. I think it is? Because it's just hard to know with dogs. Um, but I do feel a level of confidence with him that, you know, I'm sort of leaning into. Right. Uh, oh, welcome to my world on a daily basis. Right. Like, does anybody care? And then ultimately, every day I decide, well, I do. Yeah. So there you go. It's, yeah, listen, it's done it. very well for you and Tugboat. So I, I consider well, you my inspiration, you both of you. <laughs> um, please, always awesome. post dogs. Uh, well, everyone, check. please check out uh, Can I Pet Your Dog if you have not. Um, and I hope everyone continues to uh, live each day the best that they can in what's going on. And... Uh, everybody be kind to ourselves and each other right Renee right exactly yes uh thanks everyone thanks Renee talk to you next time on the podcast all right the show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell and as always the JV Club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing say hi MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.